0: Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh?
1: Welcome to Kip and Tell. A podcast about Kids in the Hall that today has a fan base like Sherling, but in just a few years will be the monster trucks of podcasting. That was a great intro. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I'm very proud of it. We'll be reviewing every episode of the Kids in the Hall with witty banter and unmissable segments like which rye bread is best? (laughs) And if a cop sketches about potatoes, does anybody care? I'm Han Seideman in Prince Super, British Columbia, and I'm joined today as ever by Kalina McCortoff in London, England. Hello, Kalina. The
0: cops ruined potatoes for me.
1: <laughs> the cops ruined cops for me. Uh, that's a that's a little current event joke that's right there. That's a little there. current event joke. <laughs> <laughs> Wee- uh, <laughs> also, as you can hear in the background, there is Stu Derek Kotick in Vancouver, Canada. Hey, Stu. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and joining him in Vancouver... Uh, at a you know social distance is Trevor record don't call don't call don't call <laughs> <her>. <laughs> hey, you Trevor you have big don't call energy sometimes you do oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait what does that mean uh, <laughs> it means we'll talk show up, about it later show up 3 hours late yeah <laughs> All right, well, today we'll be reviewing episode 15 of season three, which aired uh, sometime in 1991. Uh, Let's kick off with our sketch rundown. Today we've got Abandoned Potato. Uh, It's it's a cops. It's a cops. (laughs) Technically, I guess you would have to call it a sketch, although I don't think I would. (laughs) Uh, Following that, we have Captain Wonderful and the Winged Adventure. What? Winged Adventure. Avenger, Avenger, rather. (laughs) Sorry. Um, which really is a sketch about Arms Longfellow, who is the real star of that show. <laughs> um, then we have "Don't Call Her" part one, in which Bruce doesn't want to call his ex girlfriend, maybe or current girlfriend. I don't know. Some I think some it's girl. a girl he's just met or something. Or some girl he's just no, met. Oh, it's totally an on-off thing. It well, we'll we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> anyways, it's kind of cute. I like it. Um, then we have worrying, just another cops something potatoes. I don't know. Fuck it. Yeah, it's then, six lone potatoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's they broke into something. The pota- I don't know. I I really I can't be bothered to care. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Homo Alone, uh, a Scott solo bit where he talks about the experience that every young gay boy has had of uh, dressing up as a lady when your rest of your family's not home. <laughs> uh, then we have helping or hurting uh, which is kind of a it's another Dave businessman sketch kind of like the sarcastic guy bit except for mm. he's evil um, or is he is he
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> then we have don't call her part Two, uh the sequel to don't call her part one uh, Bruce and his uh, <laughs> paramour have returned from Swiss chalet have just done the nasty and uh, now <laughs> Bruce is disgusted
3: in the midst of doing the nasty as we see from the overlay of orgasm yes oh. <laughs> yes
1: uh i loved those little trumpet interludes by the way <laughs> and the, yeah and then finally we have exhibition shirling uh a sketch <laughs> where we are introduced to the sport of shirling which is some sort of weird scottish uh snake chain uh thing <laughs> but someday will be the new monster trucking
0: thank goodness
1: indeed all right, well, I wanted to start us off today with something we haven't really talked about uh, in a little while. So, but there it felt like the this episode had a a new Bruce in it, a Bruce that was distinct and somewhat unique from some of the others that we've seen. Uh, I'm talking about the Don't Call Her Bruce. And so very quickly, I just wanted to say uh, or ask, where does this Don't Call Her Bruce fit into our Unified Bruce theory?
4: Well, maybe we, we should recap for people what the Unified Bruce theory is. Though.
1: Okay, yeah, if you're joining us in season three, I mean, I first of all, I don't know who you are. Because, to get all like, of these golden like, nuggets. Wow. You really, you've really just signed up for a ride. But uh, our unified Bruce theory, for those who aren't familiar, is that all Bruces in the Kids of the Hall are actually one Bruce at just different times in their larval development. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have kind of a Gavin Bruce at the younger end of things who grows up in, at some point into Fuck the Bank Bruce. Well, he's uh, Bobby first, too. Oh, he's, that's right. He's yeah, Bobby yeah. as a teenager who yeah. becomes fuck the bank Bruce later on he becomes Gord the angry father Bruce and also Mm -hmm. uh, Bruce of drunk dad Bruce Um, somewhere in between there he's life's a sweet fruit Bruce Uh, that's (laughs) probably after banker Bruce I think we decided but yeah now we have don't call her Bruce
0: see but see I have a theory too that it's like while it's a unified Bruce theory there are various parallels of
3: oh Oh, wait timelines yeah there's, there's like split reality
0: bruce yes is. exactly so, so mostly yeah. it came
3: around is because we noticed that bruce mccullough has a bunch of common mannerisms he gives to his characters for physical comedy and then i got mm. really high and i was like what if it's the <laughs> same person
0: <laughs> it is no it's the i okay so because we also have like my pen guy which i feel is totally gavin energy yeah. just <laughs> put into adult form
3: i think one of our nexus is that we were like he loses the pen and that makes him fuck the bank guy because he just can't <laughs> handle it anymore. He's too disillusioned. Wait, so how does he go from
4: Gavin to Bob to the pen guy, though? How does that no, happen? but see, that's
0: the thing, is that Bob, Bobby's a different timeline, different whoa, parallel whoa, no. life.
1: No, Bobby is, Bobby is Gavin grown up, for sure. No, it no, can't be, not. because yeah. Gavin's mom hey. is dead. Yeah.
3: Oh! Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bobby
1: turned Oh my god, Gavin turned into Bobby because yeah, Gavin's no. mom died and he had to live with his stepmom and he fucking hated her. Uh and his dad no. who was in prison.
3: No, cuz the, Gab- the cuz the Bobby no, dad's the bo- the trucker. Yeah, His dad's the trucker and Um
1: excuse me, I think you're referring to his foster family. Oh. No, no Mom's
2: because you're
0: pushing this too far. There are there are simultaneous timelines within the unified bruce theory perhaps schismed at certain points all right all right I, well yeah. a-
1: accepting your premise for a moment even though i totally don't accept Promise. it where does where does this bruce fit into that bastardized oh, unified okay bruce theory? so
0: i i think this is part of the gavin line absolutely for sure. right. absolutely i right.
4: i think this is the pivotal turning point bruce where he's like he's fully about to become salty ham dad like he's about to become the drunk dad like he's going from like Mm. having that nervous gavin energy and transforming it into like surly disgust with the world
0: i mean i love that the one where he becomes like drunk dad breaks hand on a pineapple doesn't care guy yeah, yeah, he's
4: becoming that guy. He's becoming salty ham. Got dad too, though. This is this is the turning point. This is. I where...
1: I totally agree with you, Trevor. In that, uh, I think this is. I think even though he becomes less Gavin-y over time, he still has Gavin inside of him at all times, and it can mm. just express itself depending on the circumstance. And this
4: is the locus point, exactly. where he takes that energy, the Gavin energy, and he focuses it towards, like, kind of disgust at the world. And exactly. So you this see is... that transformation in these two sketches. This is how did, you guys,
3: how did you guys feel about some of the disgust parts? Because some of them made sense to me, like, the nail clippings, because I don't care for those at all, but then there were things where it was <laughs> do, like, do you not? I I really do. I find them really upsetting, and I have to just like keep that down because I know that you ding dongs would use it to torture me if you knew. It. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, yes, thoroughly, yes. it upsets I'm me. To well, I was today. about to say I'm going to uh, start saving mine. I, I am very egg. upset. Look at what I sacrificed for this show. I sacrificed my own happiness. But then the little ones, like he, like looks at the deodorant and is like, "Oh, deodorant!" Like, come on, man, you got to. Well, no, but the
1: deodorant looked like it had like a bite taken out of it or something really
3: <laughs> like that. Uh,
0: no, I think that was just like the cap
1: yeah know. the other thing that weirded me out was that he like wouldn't touch her underwear to get to his underwear and it's like yeah. you just had your dick inside of it, <laughs> so
3: but not I in mean... the fabric not in the fabric
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay well uh do we have any alternative uh stew where do you think this bruce fits into the UB no
3: i'm pretty much with trevor on this one like i like that liminal space between nervous weird fluttery energy but still desperately wanting to be normal and I think it ties in nicely with the first "Don't Call Her," where like it's the cleanest counter in the entire yes. world. Like he's just trying to channel it, not doing so great. Also, that skit is really good and relatable. Where you're just waiting by yes. the phone, and you're like, "Don't be weird. Don't be weird. Don't call her."
1: I need to do. I need to do something, anything, so that yeah. I don't think about her. Oh, I'm just going to clean my apartment. It's going to be the cleanest it's ever been. Oh my goodness! Yeah,
3: I also love that it's like she called first. I win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, it's just, it's just the, the great internal monologue that obviously, like you said, is just so fucking relatable. It's insane. But also, just like, what was life like before caller ID, man? Like oh, I know. Me. I, I think, mean, I remember that from childhood, but I also wasn't um, having these problems. Yeah, like, age, nobody... So.
3: I, I remember having the similar dynamic, but I was like, nobody was going to call me. Like, what are they... <laughs>
1: I called one girl once on a on a landline telephone at her home phone back when I was a young kid to ask her ask her on a date, and it was very scary and terrifying. What did she say? What happened? Oh, she said yes. Yeah. Oh, oh get it, Hans. Hans. She was. She was actually just my friend, and then we went to go see What Dreams May Come, and then oh. it was. It was very <laughs> the, much not really
4: a the date. Wonderful really. movie about the guy whose wife commits suicide. <laughs> yeah, oh.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Also, was... Hans,
3: do you think that being attracted to people and being friends with them are mutually exclusive? Because this might explain some things about your love life.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um to go back to this sketch, I mean (laughs) how gross on a scale of one to ten do you guys find sharing toothbrushes?
3: Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. I
0: have no problem with that. I've also had it
3: burnt out of me because I've had a bunch of people just let themselves into Oh, I do have a story though, about the comb. I was briefly Mm. seeing this girl when I was in law school, and i was like she was really frustrating in a lot of ways. She kept like showing up to my place and like we kind of had a thing, but she was driving me nuts. Anyway, she comes out of the bathroom, and she's brushing her hair. And I was like, so, kind of making yourself at home here. And she's like, oh, I just thought I was a little frizzy. And I'm like, that is my roommate's brush. And then my roommate at the time, Mike Yang, oh, walks no. out of his bedroom, and he's like, really making herself at home, huh? And I'm like, I'm on it, Mike. Mike, I'm on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely used at least two of your guys' toothbrushes before. and gonna... <laughs> just didn't <laughs> tell Whoa! <us>. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I so she's. You. You. I am pretty sure
4: one of them is me, and I don't think you've told me
3: that because <laughs> you've stayed
4: at my house several times. But okay, in my,
3: in my mind, Kalina does it at the same time. Like she just sneaks in with just her little rat hands, up. and she's like, "It's Kalina time," and just is like <laughs> brushing the tops and the bottoms at the same time.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know if we. Well, well that was me, dumb, and
3: I enjoyed it a lot. Let me. Yeah, that, that was
1: that was nice. So we all agree, and Kalina's wrong. Great. Yep. <laughs> well, that moves us into our next section, which I just call Shirling. the next monster trucking. Um, yes. This episode finishes off with a somewhat longer sketch about the exhibition sport of Sherling, uh, where Scottish men chain each other uh, together and then they circle a whiskey barrel and try to not get bitten or sprayed by the venom of a cobra while simultaneously trying <laughs> to get other team people bitten or sprayed by a cobra anyways i just thought this sketch was kind of cute and i wanted to talk about it what do you guys think about shirling so i
0: had to google Sure, like to to make, sure make sure it wasn't, it wasn't real. A real like to, I mean, I didn't think that it necessarily involved a cobra. I just thought that it must have, it sounded so familiar that it must be a sport, but it definitely isn't. So, but there is So, an urban dictionary entry that explains the sport as you just have Hans, and it does attribute the creation of this sport to Kids nice. in the Hall, which i enjoyed.
1: I had the similar thing in that, like when it first started, I thought they were doing hurling, which is a real sport, and I was like, "Oh, sweet! It's going to be hurling! It's going to be a bunch of Irish guys beating each other up with sticks." <laughs> um, and then was like very uh, delightedly confused when, so- when suddenly there was like chains and a barrel and a cobra, and I was like, "Oh, this is not this is not men beating each other with a stick." I'm, I'm <laughs> Hans, into got,
3: Hans got different excited when the barrel and the chains. Came <laughs> I out, got but... different. <laughs>
0: Because the whole the whole point of this is that it's whoever is left standing after the cobra Stop. like shoots venom into each of your eyes. Well no,
1: but there's a point system and that was actually another thing that there made seemed to me be teams. S- yeah, there were teams.
4: Why? Oh, I
0: thought the po- I thought the points were like how many people got no. venom. No.
3: No, no, no because it was 2, it was points, two points per points, venom. Yeah. So that implies yeah. oh. a point ranking system in which maybe exactly. like a bite is worth more.
1: I think a bite is definitely worth more. I would
4: think so. We may never know the full set of rules to shirling, but wait.
1: You know what? I just realized what the point of this segment is, which is we need to figure out what the actual rules to shirling <laughs> yes, are. Okay, definitely. Okay, so it's two points we... for a venom spray. Yeah. yeah, that much is established. How many points do we think it is for a bite?
3: It's probably arranged by where you're bit too. Oh, of pills, so I imagine oh, yeah, yeah. I imagine a knob bite is like if you catch the snitch, like it's just immediately game over. Mm, uh, good point wait, yeah. is are you it, getting? Is it
0: maybe like, does it depend? Because it it seemed to show that there were two different circles, so perhaps the tighter the circle, the the higher the point for for dodging the snake bite.
1: Mm. Oh, you think you get points for dodging a bite? That would I be hard so. to establish. I feel like though.
3: evasive. I, yeah, I want to have a a technical moment and do and give marks and props for a pretty good Scottish accent, and throw away points because I liked seeing Kevin in goggles and I don't know why.
1: <laughs> yeah that was nice yeah Kevin uh, Kevin has big referee energy <laughs> yes
4: totally he's almost playing the game
3: yeah, like,
1: like Kevin strikes me as being a squash referee in his yes. like, spare time because the goggles really felt like they fit
3: oh I also really loved that they all had little in game hand it'd be like loose snake and they all put their, <laughs>
0: their, he- yeah, their thing on got- their head yeah it says here <laughs> On the UrbanDictionary.com entry, the object is to pull a member of the opposite team directly in front of the snake so as to provoke it into biting him or her. Mm-hmm. The game continues until only one member of one team remains incapacitated.
3: Uncapacitated? Cap- well so- Capacitated?
4: But this is just yet, Urban Dictionary. They're just yeah, doing I'm, the same I'm, thing I'm we're d- doing, trying to work backwards <laughs> to figure it out. I know.
0: Out. Look, I'm just, I'm just trying to establish sort of a baseline upon which we can build.
3: Do you think that barrel interference is allowed? Like, are, are you oh. allowed to boot the barrel? Or do does, does you think that would be offside? Because a lot of the Ooh. old, like, rugby mm. is very forgiving with the transgressions. And so I'm like, I, mm. I can see it being like a very much anything goes so yeah.
1: now, with the booting of the barrel, would you do that to like to agitate the snake so that yeah, it yeah, bites whoever's in of it? I think or, that's a real
4: Statue of Liberty play because when you boot the barrel, you're most likely going to get bit yourself. But you gotta you gotta. But it's going to rile front the front snake up, exactly. so if you don't get bit,
1: exactly. well, so I'm thinking if you boot the snake, it'll either bite whoever is right in front of it, or it'll turn towards the source of the boot. But if you're if you're clever and you pull the circle like laterally right as you do the boot. Like if you coordinate with your team members, then the snake will turn and it'll be a different because it was alternating team members, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm
3: saying. It's like mm. it's it's some galaxy brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there. You,
1: you give it, you give it a boot. You do a you do a a, a twist, and then the, you try and get you know the the so boot and thing. tug. Do you,
0: do you have different positions?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're gonna have a rhyler. You're gonna have a puller. <laughs> you're gonna have. a you're going to have a you're going to have someone who's just like a tank who's able to get bit a bunch and uh and not go down, you know.
0: Oh, you you could definitely have a dodger. So if there yeah. are any yep. points for evasion, you got to make sure that when you boot it, the person right across from you, of course, is the opposition, but right next to it is an amazing evader. Yeah. I mean, there's a can, big part
1: of this which is like if you have different roles on your team, then how you align yourself um, Like mm. uh, spread out amongst the, oh, li-
3: the yeah, positions no. of the other
1: team is a huge thing,
4: right?
3: Formation is going to be critical. Also, or if, is it,
0: or is it uniform?
4: It seems like it has to be uniform. Wasn't it uh, alternating? It was just that's what it is. Yeah, I
3: mean, yeah, yeah. yeah but... it was
0: alternating. Yeah. So, like, do you put yourself next to another evader or do you have to stand next to a what you call it a jab? I, <laughs> I think that depends. I think that depends on the uh, strength uh, of your coaching. Reiler. Reiler. Well, exactly.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you've got a Dodger who's right next to a Ryler and a tank, like, you're going to score so many points because they're going to keep getting the snake coming at you and, and your Dodger is going to be in, like, prime position to admit it. Exactly. <laughs> I just realized uh, how invested I became <laughs> in this part. <laughs>
3: yeah, right, that checks out. I also love the, like, Dollar Store Frank Oz animatronics for that snake. It looked so bad, but it so, made me yeah. so really bad, happy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I also love the, like, the... You could see the tube that the spray was coming out of whenever it opened its mouth to, to spray. Anyways, that's,
0: that's, that's not biologically that... part of the snake. Yeah, that's what snakes <laughs> look like,
3: man.
1: Yeah. Sure. Where
3: did you go to school?
1: Um, so we've agreed. <laughs> next, are exotic. next time we're all together, we're gonna have a four-person uh, Sherling game. Obviously. Okay. Totally
0: in. But then, how? I mean, do we? Do you always have to use a snake? Yes What else yes. are you gonna use? I don't know. You um, could have like a stand-in. You know, like you, like, if you were, were going to have children learn how to play shirling before they were of age You it do kind it with the garter First
3: of all, there are no Scottish children, there are only tiny Scottish men <laughs> <laughs>
1: Even, the, even the Scottish girls are tiny Scottish men that, Yep, yeah, that, is,
3: that is correct
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're so lovely They are,
3: they are really lovely people
1: they're the fucking worst. Okay. Um, I
4: don't. I don't think this is a game that's practiced either. Like, like, have you seen the Highland Games? The games are just like they throw a log, and it's like there's no practicing that. It's just a strong guy throws a log as hard as he can, and then oh, another guy does. No, no, same. no.
3: Caber toss apparently has like very specific yeah. technique because you have Absolutely, to like yeah. Yeah. kind of lift it with your legs and like flip it. I think you can't just jamb on it.
1: That's the whole point. Is if you don't get, you need to get exactly the right amount of rotation on the caber because you want it to land and then roll forward. Yeah. If you don't get the right rotation, then it then it hits and then it falls backwards and you lose like a full caber length of distance. You know. And it's so. fucking
3: big. They're like at least six feet, I think.
1: Oh, they're massive. No, they're yeah. full on like logs. They're like ten foot logs. Yeah.
0: So I'd like to point out. So I'm, I'm on the Visit Scotland website, and there is a blog post from 2016 that was trying to like probably. Uh, get their foot in the door during the Olympics and, uh, they have a, they have a list of the nine amazing Scottish sports that are worthy of the Olympics oh. and they include shinty, which is like, as far as I understand it, it's like, field hockey but you're allowed to lift the a hockey stick above your waist so you just like fucking hit people in the eye um <laughs> then there's something sure. called the the ba game which is like it's it's a, they call it a high octane football game like soccer where two teams challenge each other for possession of the coveted ba, which is a handmade leather ball filled with cork
3: hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this feels very much like the history of the world where all the sports are different but all of them involve just hitting each other with sticks
0: Oh, yeah, and then they have caber toss, obviously, Um, tug of war, porridge making and haggis hurling, which kid you not, is actually something I had to check because I'm like, they're 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 fucking with me. But um, I mean, I know I'm going to wiki here, but it's what I've got. And it said it's a Scottish sport. Uh, involving the hurling of a haggis as mm. far as possible for distance and accuracy from a top of platform, usually a whiskey barrel, and the haggis must be edible after landing.
4: Mm. I'd like idea. to take this opportunity to apologize to everyone that came in for <laughs> Kids in the Hall. Our, our podcast is no longer about Kids in the Hall, it's just about eccentric sports <laughs> from <the> regions <laughs> yes. of Europe.
3: I can't stop the thinking community. about haggis doping now. Like, they overboiled <laughs> the sheepskin.
1: <laughs> yeah. like, that, that sheep's stomach is way too tight. It's way past regulation.
0: I want the, like, there ic- are too many oats in there. I want the
3: Icarus expose on haggis doping and just how it's, how they defrauded...
1: <laughs> the Russian teams have been
3: cheating for the last 15 years. To be All fair, right.
1: though, I think caber tossing has just as much reason to be in the Olympics as, like, half of the actual Olympic sports. Like, yeah, that's fair. Like, pole vaults? Like, that's just, a, you know, fancy caber toss, essentially. <laughs> caber tosses Look, th- you. Th- yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think exactly. We, should use,
0: <laughs> we should use this opportunity and our power as very famous podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> <can't say> <laughs> famous, to start a petition to add shirling as a real sport in the Olympics. All right, let's do it. Yeah,
1: is. Nice. We'll do it as a demonstration sport next time we're all together. Mm-hmm. Done. All right. Well, I think we're agreed. Shirling, the next Olympic sport. So moving on, uh, our next segment, <laughs> I call <laughs> Best Kid, Worst Kid. So, Did you up let's, with that yourself? Oh, let's, yeah, that's hear your, let's, hear your let's hear your picks. Let's hear your picks, Ding Dongs. <laughs> Kalina, you seem full of piss and vinegar. Why don't you go for it?
0: I'm just, I. the, the problem is I, I would like to give this to Bruce and Mark for, for doing the whole abandoned potatoes, six medium potatoes on the loose cop sketches. Mm. But To be, I can't to be clear, you want to say
3: worst kid, right?
0: Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. see they they've tried to trick me <laughs> <laughs> into saying it's good, and it's not, but i I just want to mash those potatoes and chuck them in the bin.
2: Mm-hmm. but
0: uh, now, I but the problem is is that like Mark makes up for it, I feel as as like the satanic worshiping boss
2: mm-hmm. in
0: helping or hurting, mm-hmm. and Bruce, obviously like in don't call her is so good i, I and and then in the Shirling one too, I, Mark is so good i i mm-hmm. I'm really struggling on this one and I can you know, Scott also in Homo Alone, he absolutely kills it mm-hmm. I mean, the only problem I would have is I didn't like what is it? Long-Armed Fellow? What's it called? Oh, You're Armed Long kid.
1: Fellow. Wow, he was the st- oh, my God. <sighs> star I mean, of the he, show he,
0: but, but he was probably the best best one in there, I don't know yeah. Like I and I can't even give it to Kevin because he was great in, in Shirling and Helping or Hurting. I I'm I really just feel like I want to give this to the potatoes <laughs>
1: The well, that's your worst but what about your best kid who's your best kid
0: okay best kid is probably gonna have to go to scott just because i really love in homo alone how he threw down those cans and really committed to digging his heels in
4: yeah all right <laughs> trevor good. how about I'm, you the worst kid definitely is the potato um mm-hmm. because <laughs> i hate the, the cop sketches this episode but uh mark and bruce do do pretty good i, I really like mark's shirling guy uh, he's just he just wants his dumb sport to be <laughs> he, a, a popular so sport. He's earnest
1: about it, yeah.
4: He's so excited when uh, Bruce's monster trucker says that Sherling might become like the next monster trucking. Yeah. <laughs> it's this a good
3: it's,
1: it's a good sport. You know Sherling's also a good sport. Uh, it, it is. It is.
3: <laughs> he's got ridiculous. like this uh,
1: a wistful tear.
3: It was really charming just to see. It was like, yeah, the rock star monster trucker comes in and is like pretty cool about it. Like, yeah, the the, the <laughs> door was pretty light. And he's like, you know what? Don't worry about it.
1: Like,
4: oh. uh, <laughs> Bruce, CEO, look at you go. I, I think I'm going to give best kid to Bruce just because we, we get another chapter of the unified uh, Bruce yeah, theory kind nice. of an unfurled here. But everyone actually was good in
1: this episode. Mm-hmm.
3: Well done, yeah. boys. Yeah, uh, boys.
1: Mm-hmm. Stu, how about you?
3: Uh... I kind of struggle with this one because, like we said, there wasn't too many, like, phenomenal standout performances, but there wasn't anything too bad. So I just want to do shoutouts. Um, I loved Dave as dickhead businessman. Mm-hmm. He did it so well, and that little yes. smile he does was like, so, you uh, you like cross-country? And he just smiles at him with this, like, completely blank, but somehow Cite slightly... Con- energy. Yeah, it's like he's completely neutral, but it still feels condescending somehow. And I, I kind of mm-hmm. love that as the... Uh, the, like, headcanon that Dave living his best life, like, in the palm of God is being a dickhead helping other people. Like, he punches <laughs> Kevin in the stomach, and he's like, why would you? Oh, like, <laughs> $50. Like, the way that he can make the best impact in life is just to be as destructive as possible. I kind of love that. Kevin, yeah, that's good. Kevin's pretty good, although it's more Kevin stuff. Like, it's just sort of that, like, Kevin self-destructs in public, and we all get to watch. <laughs> Mark was good. The Scott sta- sketch was pretty standout. He's not in this one too, too much and brucio sweet sweet brucio
0: i hate that we had to watch him have an orgasm though as little as it was you know
3: (laughs) oh and props to the to the female actor for like really selling her orgasm that was good this
4: this was the same actress that was in the the affair in season two yeah Yeah.
0: no she's not the exact same no i just looked
4: it up it's the same actress
1: yeah i thought she looked very different as well but i guess it's very different people can
3: change boys
1: uh, I just want to say for the record that back in 1991 she was hot.
3: Yeah, um, <laughs> I'll, con- I'll, I'll bite on that one. Yeah,
1: Stu, <laughs> Stu, did you did you actually pick a, a best and worst though, or did you just like noodle on about how they were all great?
3: I kind of thought that I threw up enough smoke screens and no one would call me out.
0: <laughs> uh... Hans, tell us your view.
1: <laughs> okay, well, um, much like you all, I agree that the the cops potatoes was worst. Here's here's what I'm gonna say. I think we need to uh, agree that the cops I don't want that to reflect poorly on Bruce or Mark going forward because I feel like it's not Bruce and Mark. It's like Bruce and Mark in a dissociative fugue state where, oh. they, where they lose all sense of what is funny and become cops instead. No, Hans, of
3: are, you they are
0: fully aware of what they're doing. You are, in, just,
3: a, you are in an abusive relationship, Hans. You're like, <laughs> it, I wasn't, I am, no, it wasn't him. Like, they wrote it. They're the only ones who figured it Because
1: they're so bad that anytime there's a cops in an episode, it just basically means that you can't give Bruce and Mark best kid because the cops are always so bad. But in this episode, both Mark and Bruce were both very good. And I just mm. I, I don't want to, as bad as the cops are, I think they're bad enough now that I can just see them and just ignore them, and I don't have to count it against
4: I'm 100% with you, Hans. I have a theory that, like, they just made a huge batch of cops episodes and whenever, like, Kevin wanted to have, like, a bad thing about his anxiety, they're like, oh, can't fit it in this episode because we need... A cop sketch about a potato. That's yeah. why we all agree that's funnier than you being anxious in a bathtub. <laughs> oh, that's
0: so shit.
1: In We're my so head shit. canon, um, they did a couple cop sketches early on. The fans loved it, and Lauren was like, "More cops! We need more cops!" And <sighs> then they just they resented it, and so they started making shitty cops because they didn't want to do it anymore and this was the
3: result you were were (laughs) fully in an abusive relationship you're like i think
0: what probably happened is that they really thought okay well this is getting old but we can't bring back the helens because they've gotten too famous now and are charging us too much cash and (laughs) they're dead (laughs) and and the helens riders are crazy oh actually and then you know the problem is is that yeah i mean they probably were like well you know we were on saturday night live on lauren's other (laughs) show so you know we actually know what's funny guys yeah
3: I Anyways. like what you were saying about doing them in a badge, because I noticed that when they shoot them at multiple, like when there was multiple police departments in one episode, they're always on the same set. Exactly. Like, that is they true. shot the same. Yeah. And now I can't stop thinking about a Helen episode where they're all like wearing sunglasses and the sketch is about trying to get them back on the show. And they're too much of a big shot now from their fame <laughs> of being in a field. And they're just like, would really love difficult. I to see
1: a too, a too Many Cooks sketch made with all the Helens. You know? I want to see
3: Rockstar Helens yeah
1: okay but anyways that get uh, we're getting away from my point which is who are the best and worst so um forgetting about cops because (laughs) i i want to forget about the cops i'm Mm. gonna give best kid uh this week to mark uh, because he was great as the uh, very understanding uh, businessman boss who al- also so happens supportive. to be a Satanist and wants to sacrifice Jenkins after a quick nine holes um, and was also just wonderful <laughs> Jenkins is as, very as,
4: sacrificeable as, yeah, as oh, yes. very much yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. big
1: sacrifice energy um, <laughs> and he was also great as both like the very sentimental Sherling exhibition owner and also one of the Shirling players who was very nervous about getting bit and got sprayed with some venom I I believe right so mm-hmm. um so good job mark and worst kid this week i think i will give to really none of them i mean they were all they were all very good in their specific roles this week. no none bad them... boys no bad boys <laughs> no bad boys i mean other than just cops i will give it to cops 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 was just bad. potatoes potatoes are bad yeah all right, well, before we go, let's choose our standout sketch uh, for the episode um, with a rating out of five. So let's keep it short and quick, pals. Trevor, why don't you kick us uh, off?
4: I would say Sherling gets four venomous snakes out of five for me. Mm, good one. And worst worst sketch is, is always going to be potato for all of us. So. Yeah. yeah like a, it, yeah, potato we can, we can
1: skip the worst. Yeah. We all know what it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have to, it's like totally so closely split between Homo Alone, Helping or Hurting, and the Exhibition Sherling. But given... How much there is to say about Shirling, I'm gonna to have to uh join you in in four uh enthusiastic Scottishmen for that one.
3: Stu? I really like Don't Call Her Part One. There's just some real good Brucio action. We got to see a real girl, a real girl. And there were just little parts that really did it for me. It's just like, I don't know, Swiss Chalet? And she's like, yeah, and he's like, yeah. Like he gets so excited at the notion of going to Swiss Chalet. Good that's shit.
1: a real Toronto thing, I I think. That, like the Swiss Chalet. I had a friend who was from Toronto and she always used to go on about I've never Swiss been chalet. to Swiss Chalet. They, they think they, they have it here, don't they? In Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, like but, one
4: so. in all of Vancouver. Is it, what can yeah. you order Chinese? Swiss Chalet? Like, it looked it's like it was Chinese. Food. boring white people food. It's
0: isn't. rotisserie chicken. Yeah. It's, that's all it is. Oh. Okay, first thing that comes up on the restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> there's a rotisserie mail. That's oh all it God. is. Okay. It um, is, yeah. <laughs> so, Stu,
1: did you pick one of those in the end? Is it? Is, is, yeah. Don't, don't call, call her. her. Don't call her. Okay. Uh, I kind of agree with you, Stu. I had I had it as a as a close three way between Don't Call Her Part One, Helping or Hurting, and Exhibition Shirling. And in the end, I'm going to give it to Don't Call Her. I think as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I just love that energy of like, don't call her, don't call her. I was uh I I was burning something in a, and he's like grabbing the pot and yeah. putting it on the stove <laughs> and like making up the excuse. Like there's just something about that felt very true to me and I liked hmm. that a lot. So I like
3: that the girl was also really wound up too. And he's like, yeah. I don't know, I can meet you in like ten minutes and she's like, Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they they both know what's going on there. So anyways, it was it was a sweet slice of life, but those other two were also very good.
3: Good job, Kit. Marvelous.
1: All right. Well, that's it for our season three, episode 15 review. Join us next week for our episode 16 review, which will be hosted by Trevor. In the meantime, you can find us as ever on Twitter at Kiff and Tell Pod. Please weigh in on your favorite sketch and enjoy some delightful gifts. Thanks so much for listening to Kiff and Tell. See you next week.
0: Bye. Bye. See you at Swiss Chalet.